America West, see the moon, ends the world. America divided, transcript. Narrator, from the ashes of civil war, a new breed of American emerges, determined to grab a piece of the nation's untamed frontier. Life was tough, certainly after civil war. You had this vast continent that was its unexplored. I think they fussed a big migration to the west. Horsewine ways. Narrator, over the course of 30 years, more than 400 million acres of land we settled, but the U.S. government pushes the nation west. Former Confederates, hell-bent on taking back what they lost, became outlaws. We intend to rob this here bank. Who's a cashier? Gunshot, hell's winnies. Narrator, threatening to remit the Civil War. In that day, we had to be somewhat of a bad guy to survive. Grunts, gunshots. They were all tough and nobody lived very long. Narrator, on the plains, war breaks out. Tribes of warriors band together to protest their way of life. We divide Custer, a thousand, twenty, two thousand men to track down the remains of crazy horses and sitting bulls war body. If necessary, wipe them out. Narrator, this is a story of an age of violence like no other. A time when blood is shed and battles fought. By only men king legends and fight to determine the fate of the country. Keith Sullivan, the sound shaped its country in a way that people neither didn't acknowledge or take for granted or have simply forgotten. The West was a true freedom. There is such a defining characteristic of America. Narrator, this is the American West. Gunshots. You got hell, you first. Gunshots, female music playing. Read the story of the West begins in the end of the Civil War, where a young man named Jesse James is a soldier in a French military group known as Quantrell's Raiders. Mark Lee Garner. Quantrell's Raiders were critical fighters for the of the South. They didn't necessarily fight in traditional ways. The way they fought could often be very savage, very violent. Targets could be civilians as well as military. Horses winning. Gunshot, go, horses approaching. We gotta go, we gotta go, gunshot, man shouting, gunshots. There they go, come on! Gunshots grunting, gunshots continue. Get him, gunshot screams. Can you run? No, groans, gunshot, groaning. Rated in the spring of 1965, Jesse Dreams is shot and captured by Unami, squishing, groaning, laboured, breathing. Now I say it. I suddenly swear that I'll bear the true allegiance to the United States. Say it, screams. I will bear the true allegiance to the United States and discourage. Narrator just leaves false pledge allegiance to the Union. Before he's released, Confederacy surrenders, and after four years of bloody fighting, the Civil War comes to an end. After surviving a near fatal wound, Jesse James turns home to Missouri, and you find a death and destruction all around. After the Civil War, the South is hilarious. It's been ruined. There's a great deal of resentment of Northern authority, of federal authority. There's also a lot of people who were mentally unbalanced by the war, by the brutality of it. Right in the border state of Missouri, the fighting has been especially brutal. David Isabrak. Missouri is one of the states that stuck with the Union during the Civil War, but large sectors of the population wanted to go with the South in the first place. So you had the Missourians. Fighting Missourians. 
Is this incredible, brother? Tell literally brother against brother. Well, well, that we get Jesse James. Dr. Jesse soon discovers that the war was not only torn partly asunder, left his family with nothing. You look good, Frank. You look like shit. Lars, I bet you give your union them unibills hell, though, didn't you? You feel just nice to be home. Mom, I promise you, we're going to get back on our feet. Me and Frank will figure out something. Gotta, gotta. Jesse and his brother Frank grew up in rural Missouri. Their father gone off to the grilled fields during the gold rush and they died there. Jesse's mother, Zinelda. James was a single parent. I think that created a long, very strong bond between her and the children. The raid is still reeling from his time in battle. And directly knows he has the way to find and provide for his family. So he comes up with a plan. He forms a gang to bend the ceiling. So when you think of Jesse James, those families that have been stripped of everything they felt of the civil war, they have got to come and get take what was fought with Oton. Jesse, come, come here, come here, let's go. Hey, take this. You take this. Go, go, go. Right here. But the Union Army quickly cracks down. Man shouted, Jesse, cover that up. Why are you, how are you doing? What's in the crates? Food, various metrandries. Get some sweet corn. Your boy's hungry? Get on some water. We don't make take orders for Northern. Jesse Frank, we got water fresh out of the creek. Tastes like shit. Pause water. Yeah, well, I guess you, you, we're used to it. Search the house, take it all. So, yes, sir. Narita fed up with the North's presence. Jesse James determined to fight back. Grunts Eric Thunder. Eric, Jesse James could not adjust to peacetime. He strongly opposed to what was going on in the South. In fact, viewed any army, viewed the army after the end of the war as being oppressive. As narrators attacks on Confederates like Jesse escalates around the South. News travels over a thousand miles, the eastern nation's capital. They just came, they just come in, you're dismissed. Narrator, a man who has to deal with the growing unrest in the South. Same man recently claimed victory of the Confederacy, commanding general of the U.S. Army, Ulysses S. Grant. Man shouting, Narrator, when the arrival war began, Grant was considered by many to be a failure, a drunk with no future in the military. But other series of Union generals were able, unable to secure victory in the North, leaving Lincoln to promote Grant to lead the U.S. Army. He rose to the task. John McLean, General Grant, is one of the true military geniuses. He saw the objective, he knew what had to be done. Narrated with tensions rising in the form of Confederacy, Grant is forced to deal with the South once again. H.M. H.W. Brands, when Grant could took control of the army, had no had to deal with leftover matters from the World War. Grant understood that there was a feeling in the South that his defeat was something that still must be res- resisted, and Grant had to tend to that. Later, Grant knows he cannot get reb- get re- let rebels like Jesse James without the war, so he sends more U.S. troops south to maintain order in strict martial law. Just over years since the end of the Civil War. It's North versus South again, rated with his former Confederate soldiers like Jesse James lashing out against Northern authority in the South. Gunshot, General C.C. Grant sends army troops to enforce order. 
brand during the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, the government last law was imposed. Union soldiers have been complications as much as self. Southerners generally resisted this. It was this. It was from their perspective, continuation of the Civil War, which Northerners imposed their will, imposed their ways on the South. Narrator, but the increased military presence only makes things worse. Just names of ex-Confederates liking begin rioting. Men shouting, narrator, with the Civil War on the verge of studying again. Well, there's a new strategy needed to heal the nation. So he and the U.S. government looked at a plan laid out by a man in the country during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln knew that the key to he and the country would be to give all Americans a promise you start to get in the West. Redford, the value of going into the uncharted county, the chance of enterprise and development, the chance of people to grow and seed in ways they couldn't in over the East. And also, I think, just the excitement and the challenge of uncharted territory just a little bit of the American way. Narrated from the Missouri River to east of California, the frontier is nearly 500 million square miles of open, wide open land. Danny Glover, and you have the Pacific Ocean one end, and you have the Atlantic Ocean the other end. All the vast land in between, in the whole area of looking for opportunity, looking for another life. Narrator, the challenge is figuring out how to get people into the West as quickly as possible. And Grant knows the answer. The same way he's able to rapidly move Union trips during, during the Civil War. Man, whoa, hold up there, that sleeper. Get to work, narrator of the railroads. Man, hold on to that. Ready to promote construction, the government makes the railway companies up and presented offer millions of acres of free land. For every ten mile track that the Larry Dole could build, would build, Congress would provide a company with land of another side of the track. Then grants that Congress provides really, really is a sweet, hot deal. The century, the rate of 175 million acres are given up to railway companies. More land in the entire state of Texas. Railways then take the land they got, roads took, take the land they got for free and set to settlers using a massive advertising campaign. They produce the West as an unhappily prioritized. Train whistle blows. People are lured by the fantastic sense of opportunity. You're going to be a poor immigrant, and all of a sudden there's an opportunity. You've got 50 acres and start a life. Not, that's not, that's like winning lotteries back then. It mean it was amazing, narrator, but as Americans began to head west by the thousands, they pushed into land already occupied by people determined to defend it. Raiders' railways expand west. Hopefully, new settlers push in the territory been occupied for thousands of years. The end of the last age age, Nordic hunters narrated America across the new land bridge once connected Siberia to Alaska. Uh, by 1865, 300,000 Native Indians, Native Americans, were living in the West. Most numerous and powerful people on the plains are like Ludotokti Suez. Soon. But they're, now their homelands are being invaded for the latter of their own people. 1865 in a major turning point. The railways coming west, they literally, literally frequently, a freight train coming right, right at them. 
Radius standing in the path of the investment, this fearless young warrior. His name is Crazy Horse. Andrew Lesenberg. Crazy Horse is a very talented military leader with a chief lieutenant in the Sioux in the northern Great Plains. The rate of land is sacred to the land of law. A crazy horse feels it's his duty to defend it. Where for the American, Native Americans, when they saw the railway, they knew there was now a vehicle to evade them with, a, with, and it was protected by steel, and it was fast. Originally in 1866, Crazy Horse takes part in a bloody campaign throughout the Wyoming Territory. Sioux in the north, the great northern Great Plains are fighting amongst the settlers who are moving in that area. They're winning the Rater in the span of six months. Dozens of settlers are killed and movement through the territory is restricted. News of violence makes way to Washington, D.C. tapping. Where it was seen by a man overseeing troops in the West. Famed Civil War General William Tutrich Sherman. Just see the world for dead Toronto territories. Another six men have killed in a raid. The raid of General Grant knows he can't let chaos on the frontier threaten government plan with undermining unifying the country. So he orders Sherman to use military force horse winnies. The raid in late nineteen sixty six nearly one thousand soldiers pouring the Soviet territory. Bezos knows it's up to him to divide his land and people against an enemy with superior firepower. Be confident he prevailed. Face a powerful vision he had in his youth. Kirk, Carl Kellerberry, Crazy Horse as a young man, had a vision. But the rumbles crawling. And in his vision he sees whatever he's in battle with. a very safe enemy. Enemy can never hurt him. Sessions he could he could be reflected for anything the enemy might do to him. And embodied by his vision, Crazy Horse sets in motion a daring plan. Jacoby, several Lantonia set to coy the US Army. And one of these people is Crazy Horse. It's obvious a very risky position to be in because they're putting yourself very close to the US Army. Radio Crazy Horse lures the soldiers away, protection the faults into open territory, men shouting. Later, then once he was in had a magician, Crazy Horse begins his assault. Man, ready? Later, he charges alone. Man, aha, I aim. Creators, narrator, directly into the eye of fire. Man, fire head wheel! Gunshots. Narrator, it's a tactic known as riding the brave line. It supposes a soldier's greatest weakness. Man, too. Reload! Whooping, all whooping, soldiers grunting, screaming, whooping. Narrator, on December 21st, 1883, Creedy Horse claims one of his greatest victories, killing over nearly 100 US soldiers. What had become known as the Battle of Hundred Slain. Now, in addition to trying to contain this Southern Rebellion, Grant would deal with an Indian war beginning to rage out west, threatening the future of the nation. Later, after Crazy Horse's men killed nearly a thousand US soldiers in a single battle, news travels back to Washington in compliance. These savages, they don't fight the way we do. Narrator, Commanding Officer Ulysses Grant. Not only facing uprisings in the south, but new war in the west. 
realizes the only way to defeat the Indians to send his best commander for the Civil War, a man stationed 2,000 miles away in Texas, who is famous for both his victories and his conferential commanding style. His name is General George Armstrong Custer, Amy Cutler. George Armstrong Custer was very flamboyant. He was flying blonde hair. Some say he killed it himself. He wore a sixteenth costume, if you will. What, what he called it, called a uniform. He wore a red handkerchief, shiny boots, and a broad minded hat, and just showed himself to be superior to others. Which did not. Where he did you acquire that insignia on your jacket, soldier? West Point and Sir Fulford to my class. Both in your class, gentlemen, we have the celebrity and armies. But you know what position I'm graduating? Last. I am here, I found, I'm studied commanding. Why is there a button missing from your coat? You're a disgrace to that signal. You're a disgrace to my unit. You're now a disgrace to every man who wore that uniform. Go on, lunch, Jordy, Jordy, Jordy. Make it the end of the year. Narrator, though Custer is not the army's most delivered leader. Respected for the killer instincts he showed during the Civil War. Cannibal whistling. Cover the left, their left flank. Narrator is his day in charge that contributed to Archer Lee. Lee's surrender. Lieutenant, why are you falling back? You've reached their front lines and you push Bert Reynolds. A lot of people laughed at him, but on the battle, his terrible soldier, courageous, tenderous, courageous, thing that scared people half to death was being assigned to him. Because you were gonna be in the middle of everything, man shouldn't. But since the Civil War ended, Cross has been relegated to overseeing Border Patrol at a remote post. The race. Custer was sent to Excel. He brooded over this, of course. He knew that he would need to get back into action, sir. Narrator Grant gives him the opportunity he's been waiting for. Home, Custer's got the command of Seventh Cavalry. He's going to be the great elite unit for Indian fighting in the West. Narrator George Custer finally had his chance to step back into limelight. It's an assignment that will change the course of American history. Cricket tripping. Right in the years following the Civil War, former Confederate soldier Jesse James been leading an aspiring uprising in Missouri. Jesse, all right, boys, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Me, Charlie Frank, will head inside. Get around the counter, easy money. Narrator, until then, Jesse's crimes have been small. But as the Northern Front post-World War Dalmatian self-continues, James is starting to think bigger. He decided... Jesse's found Jesse's found think bigger. He decides that the best way to express his hatred for the North go after the wealth. For the first thirty years of American existence, not a single armed bank robbery. So it's all that so all that time banks have made minimal security. Even the South they held mostly small money. Rob a bank and you're stealing the world of wealth. So Jesse James went to the money when the money he wanted a real statement. He was trying to make well, as much political as it had been about robbing banks, people chattering, gold, everything you know in your vault, people screaming, open the vault, move, grass, open the vault. James, hold on, hold on. In that corner now, I know you. Where's your fight? I didn't. Right, I did. We bought, we fought with you, did you? No. Let's open the vault. Anyway, you fought at Richmond. No, we didn't. 
Don't you shake your head at me, Jesse. You're the man who stopped Bill Harrison. Gone in the Civil War, made Jesse James. You killed, he saw men killed, seen death every day. Changes the way you look at life. Lacey and mistook the teller, the murderer's leader, during, uh, uh, for the murder of his leader during the Civil War. I found you, you son of a bitch, shouts. We need him to open the vault. Bill Anderson was my friend. Gunshot. God damn it, Jesse's on the floor. Frank, come on, Jesse, you've got to go. Come on, come on. Gun and the revolver is somewhat of release. When Jesse James fires a gun, his well up bitterness has been boiling for years. He still has the memories he witnessed personally during the war. Lots of friends have been killed. Jesse refused to forget. A lot of his makeup was revenge. Come on, Jesse, we've got to go on. Jesse, come on, come on. Get, boys, get. Kicks tongues. Come on. Come on, hammer clicks, gunshot. Narrator, Jesse James has just pulled off one of the worst bank robberies in America. Leaving one man dead and earning an ex-Confederate his first victory against the North. All the guys became outlaws. Jesse James and so forth. Now all part of the Confederate army. When he won the war, robbing banks is their way of continuing fight the Confederacy. Narrator, the crime makes headlines across the state. Turning Jesse into wanted criminal. All right, that's it's all you, Frank. There he is, loves. It's a good day for B. Frank James, you know. So Jesse James certainly had his very specific idea. He was going to make, take the money that he felt was taken from him during the Civil War. Then press got the wind of that. And once again, he started reading their own stuff. They were right. Yeah, I'm right. You know, I was questioning whether or not. I should have robbed that bank, but you, you know why I'm right. Last, narrator with his reputation growing, Jesse James is failing the Wetlands revolution itself. Over 400 miles away, the US government is dealing with an even greater problem of southern uprising. And the Indian, as Indians attack warriors like crazy horses are slowing down Western progress. But General USC grants his answer. Civil War hero George Armstrong Custer. Grant was quite happy with the performance of Custer. Custer was one of the great heroes during the Civil War. He was so willing to do whatever was necessary to deal with Indian issues right now. Ready for Custer? He was to be waiting to go to step back in the spotlight. Months Custer been hunting bands of Indians across the north of some plains. Halt. You better don't. But hasn't been able to track them down. God, I think Custer had the same ambitions. That, that any long-term military officer had. That was advancing rank, advancing rank, and win laurels, win glory. That's hard to do in the post-Civil War. Rest. I mean, you weren't meeting a foe, lined up with phantasm, phantasm, and the battle. You made a very elusive flow. So I think Custer was frustrated, even after he wanted to do. I think he wanted glory. Made a final Custer Texas break. He eventually discovers the brand of Cherokee. Indians camped over the Worcestershire River, suspected of attacking settlers and troops. Get the men in ready. Half an hour. I want to hit them with everything we've got. You have your orders. Yes, sir. Narrator, desperate for another chance of greatness. Custer prefers a sudden attack. Clover Jacobery. Gus is quite, quite consciously, I think, very aggressive in his war against Indians because he's really trying to claim glory 
experience during the Civil War when he was, America, when he was America's hero. Reyes has not only been three years since the Civil War ended, but now the cusp of writing this battle of glory, and Jesse James is signing of rebellion in the South. America is at the brink of fighting a two-front war.